Hey, this is Pastor John Ryan Cantu from Numa Church in Houston, Texas. Thank you for listening to the message today. I hope that it blesses you and all those that you share it with. God bless you. Happy Mother's Day. It's good to be here. This is a very different, obviously, it's a very different uh, environment um, method that we're coming at you. But um, we wanted to do something different today for Mother's Day. It seems like every every year we come in here and it's always just praise, 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 praise for moms. And we talk about how great they are and how beautiful are they are and how much better than dads they are, right? And uh, we, we, we celebrate them. We come in here, we celebrate them for good reason. Moms are rock stars. Amen. They're rock stars. If you, if you, if you're watching right next to your mom, just tell her, mom, you're such a rock star or your, or your wife tell her, you're such a rock star wife. Like they do impossible things. They really do. Sometimes I, I play out different scenarios in my head where I'm like, um, what would I do without my wife? My, my mind is like a very dangerous place sometimes. It's kind of morbid sometimes. So sometimes I think like, what if my wife died, right? What would I do without her? And, and then I started thinking, you know, I would have to raise two daughters. I would have to um, give them, you know, nurture and tenderness and sensitivity, all those things that I'm not very good at. Um, or I think about life without my mom. I have no idea what I would do without her. She is uh, she's, she's incredible. She's probably the only one who understands my dad's and I conversations. Sometimes we don't even understand each other. And, and, uh, you know, she's my biggest cheerleader. I always say that she cheers for me when there's nothing worth cheering for just because I'm her son. And, uh, life is just so much better with moms, with wives. So it makes sense that we celebrate them every year. But this morning, rather than just saying, mom, we love you. Um, I want to get real. I want to talk about the struggles of mom life, stuff that perhaps doesn't really get talked about that often. And to, to do that, I asked my wife if she would come in and, and have a, a, a conversation with me. And she said yes. And so first of all, babe, happy Mother's Day. I love you. You are truly, we're so, we're so awkward. I'm just an awkward person with everyone, guys. But, but I, I do want to say, I do want to say for the record, um, I love you and I, I appreciate everything you do. Our family would not be the same without you in it. So thank you. Thank you. And sorry, I'm awkward. Um, and I do also want to wish my mom and my mother-in-law happy Mother's Day. Um, they truly are amazing women, even though I don't tell them, but you really are. And I thank you for all that you do. Um, but yeah, it's, it's good to finally be back here. I haven't been here in forever. Man, yeah. I mean, you've been on like maternity slash Corona leave for the past two months. Ellie, our daughter just got her two month shots and we're finally able to go out, but like, we're not really right. Because you know, everything's shut. She doesn't, she's never seen a target. Like that's so sad. She's never seen a restaurant. That is so sad. Like, man, she doesn't even know that there's a world beyond, you know, our home or our, our parents' home. Um, and same thing is true for you. Like you've been on lockdown for forever in prison. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I've been on lockdown. It's so weird. I keep telling people that I feel like the whole world went on maternity leave with me and everyone's waiting for their baby to get their two month shot so they can go out. So it's crazy. <laughs> so the reason I wanted to do this this morning is, um, number one, I, I wanted us as, as men and, and children to step into mom's world for a little bit. I feel like we don't always understand moms. I don't know if moms, if y'all sometimes feel not understood in y'all's home, but 
sometimes I don't understand my wife. And, and so I wanted to give this opportunity for us to step into mom life. Um, and number two, my hope is that this would just be encouraging to someone, a, a mother who might be, you know, feeling um, not understood, struggling with feelings of inadequacy or feeling like you're alone. Um, and it's also a chance for us to, I think, get a biblical model of a godly mother. And um, so as a godly woman yourself, babe, you, you, I asked you if there was one person in the Bible that you could choose as, as like a biblical model for, for motherhood um, was there, and you chose Mary. And I think Mary's a pretty solid choice. And I want to get into that this morning. Why, why did you choose Mary? So I chose Mary because I feel as though a lot of us women can relate to her. Um, and we, for starters, when we look into the story of Mary in Luke chapter 1, um, we find that Mary's just an ordinary woman, right? Um, she's living her best life. She's engaged to a good man. Um, she's, um, she's having, she has a plan for her life, um, a plan to be married and with a future, um, probably to, I don't know, go on vacation, you know, plenty of times before she starts even having children, you know, she probably has all of this, uh, planned out in front of her. Um, like many of us, uh, we like to plan our lives. It makes us feel safe, right? Um, we probably make a plan of our, what our future is going to look like, our career, our education, um, who we're going to marry, what they're going to look like, you know, what they're going to hey, do. Hold on. Was I what you envisioned? So anyways, <laughs> um, but no, we, we like to make these plans and we like to tuck them away nice and neat, right? And put them there and think that everything's going to go according to plan. Um, but a lot of times they don't go according to plan, right? Um, so... Of course, like Mary, we've learned by this point that our lives do not go according to plan. In Luke chapter 1, verses 28 through 29, it says, The angel greeted Mary and said, You are truly blessed. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So, side note, when I read that, I can already tell that me and Mary are so much alike because this angel comes to her, right, and is giving her a compliment and saying good things about her, and she's like, wait, what? Like, I'm sorry, no, right? That's what we do. We just can't take compliments sometimes. So, right there, we're already so much like Mary. Um, But... But anyway, God sent the angel Gabriel to tell Mary of the blessing that was coming, that she would become pregnant with the Son of God, and Mary responds with doubt or hesitation. In Luke chapter 1, um, verses, chapter 1, verse 34, it says, Mary asked the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? And I could probably sit here all day long, and y'all know, because I've probably said it a hundred times, of all the times that I've doubted or feared, right? Um, especially when it comes uh, to the will of God. Um, But it's so reassuring to know that even someone such as Mary also had doubts. And this is a woman that's described as someone who's found favor um, with God, right? And even she doubted and even she hesitated um, when it was concerning the will of God. Um, So she's a woman just like myself and just like many of you. Mm. Mary's like one of the most revered women of like all time, right? I mean, there's some people that even treat her like she's divine. And what I, what I appreciate about her, what I love about Mary and what I think you love about Mary is that she she was just a normal woman. Like she was just, she was just, you know, and that, that's a picture that we get when we read her story. She was just, she was a human person. So I think that like, if we had a point, uh, we could, we could call that point one that Mary was human. She was 
She was, you know, she had great qualities, and we read that in the scripture, but I'm sure she also had some not so good qualities, like that, that we don't read about. Like if we were to ask Joseph, her husband, she'd probably, he'd probably spill the beans, right? Like he'd probably tell you everything that was wrong with Mary. Maybe she's a control freak. Maybe she never knew what she wanted to eat. Maybe, you know, <laughs> maybe, uh, she, she kept her house a, a mess. All right. She had like five kids, right? I mean, we, we, we read her, we read her story and this is what we do a lot. We read her story and we only know what's great about her because that's what the story tells. And right. But it doesn't mean that she's perfect. And, and we do. I think we do this with people, too. We, we read people's stories like if their life was an Instagram story, like and it's just it, it, it's picture perfect. And, and, and what we do is we look at people. This is this is true for, for guys as well. We, we look at people and it looks like they've got it all together. They've got it all figured out. And we don't think about their humanness. We just think about their awesomeness. And we think we, we, we compare their awesomeness with our weaknesses. And, you know, I, I got to be honest with you. I don't I could never have been a mom. Thank God he made me a man <laughs> because I, I could not handle mom life. Guys, I don't know if I hope I'll say amen to this. I hope I'm not the only one. But like I, I would probably always feel not good enough. I would always feel inadequate. And part of the reason I say this um, and I hope I don't get in trouble with moms. It's happy Mother's Day. Uh, but I, I feel like a lot of moms out there, they, they're very judgmental of other parents. And, and, and I know this because I felt judgment from moms, right? Like, where's her sweater? Uh, has she eaten? Did you feed her? Where, where'd they get that bruise from? I think he's referring to me, guys. I'm the mom who judges him. Well... <laughs> Why is your shirt wrinkled? Why is your house, right? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like I wouldn't be able to handle that constantly. I can get away a little bit with slacking off as a, as a dad and, you know, feeding my daughter Cheetos for lunch or something. Dad life isn't as sophisticated, I think, as mom life. But if I were a mom, man, I, I just, I wouldn't be able to handle it. I would, I would, I would feel pressured all the time to make it feel like I'm this I'm this superhero of a person, superhero mom, right? But in reality, is there such thing as a superhero mom? Honestly, um, besides you, besides right. Honestly, as a mom, I think it can be really hard not to compare ourselves, especially today with social media, right? I don't know about you, but I follow tons of mom bloggers, um, you know, Instagram uh, mom gurus, or I don't know what you would call them, Um, but they post all the time, you know, about their. Um, amazing career and they're not just like a career woman but they have like you know the their kids are dressed like in the cutest clothes all the time and they're posting like their healthy foods that they made for their kids or you know oh even their their workout routine which is like the worst right of course I want all those things right and that's okay it's okay to look at these moms and admire them you know they're doing um, they're doing awesome things um, but I think where we get ourselves into trouble is is when we look at them and then we look at ourselves and then we start p- playing the comparison game because if I did that it would sound something like like, well, okay, you know, my kids live in their pajamas like most of the day, right? Um, and they, we take out like all the time, okay? <laughs> Thank you. And, and um, yeah, so, oh, and the workout, I'm pretty sure I haven't worked out since before Layla was born like five years ago. So, so yeah, it's, it's when we do that, um, that we start, you know, getting into trouble. We look at them and say, hashtag mom goals, right? And then look at us and say, well, what about us? What are we doing? Um, but 
But when we look, when we look in uh, Luke chapter 2, we see that Mary herself, you know, she was human. And, and Luke chapter 2, it says that Mary lost Jesus, right? So it's bad enough, like, on its own to lose your child. But to lose Jesus, like, good Lord. Um, that's pretty bad, right? Um, so it doesn't matter, you know, your, econo- your economic status. It doesn't matter how many years of mom experience you have. Um, none of that matters. You know, we're imperfect beings, and that's okay. It's okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, I've been lost before. I was lost at Walmart once. No, it wasn't Walmart? Okay, I was lost before. I was, too, I was too little to remember the name of the store. I'm sorry, I was like two years old and I was lost. Um, but <laughs> I, I, think, I think everybody, you know, not, uh, everyone deals with compar- comparison, comparison, right? Comparing themselves to other people. And maybe it's not in the same way, but like, like f- for men, I think a lot of times we we compare, we might compare the amount of money we make to how much we think the other guy makes, right? And, and we're like, man, he probably makes more than I do. And we, we compare possessions. We compare, uh, actually, this, this past week, um, so I, I um, in, in honor of Mother's Day and a grand gesture of my, um, my husbandly love, I, I traded in my, my Jeep, my, my Jeep Grand Cherokee, which I love. I love that car. Um, but Melissa had been driving this, this Nissan Altima for like the past eight years, like since we got married. And she was, she was driving around everywhere. And, and I wanted to, I, I said, what? The AC didn't work. We fixed it. Um, but but uh, we, uh, I said, you know what? I'll trade in my Jeep. I'll take, I'll drive your Altima for, for a while until I can save up for, for a truck and we'll get you a new, a, a new car and, and praise God, mama got her car. Uh, but, um, so I've been driving around all bitter in this beat up 2013 Nissan Altima, which from the day one, I always said it was a mom car because of the color and everything. And, and, uh, this past week I was, I was, uh, I went to go look at a, at a, at a house at an investment property and, and a, a, a friend of mine, he pulls up and he's a, he's a really successful realtor, really, really successful um, investor. And he pulls up in his decked out, super clean Audi. And it's beautiful. And, I, <laughs> and, and we're there talking and, and, and we, after the end of the conversation, 20 minutes, I, he gets in his ride and, and I get into my, I was hoping he would leave before I had to get in my car. But I, I get into that to the Altimus all dirty and it's like a mom car and it's got squeaky brakes, kind of fix the brakes. And, and I'm thinking while he's taking off, I'm thinking to myself, man, he probably thinks he's better than me. <laughs> like, so we, we do this too. We, we, we compare ourselves a lot to other people, um, whether it be, you know, possessions or talents or, or skills. And you said you made a good point. Like admiration is not a bad thing. Admir- if I could admire someone's skills or their talents, that's, that's fine. Admiration is okay. Where it com- becomes dangerous is where admiration becomes obsession. And obsession easily can turn into envy. And as we all know, envy is a sin. When I'm envying someone else's life or their lifestyle or what they have, right? Because it, it's essentially us telling God, God, I'm not okay with who I am or with what I have. They're better than I am. And I think it's important to know that, you know, God made you you for a reason. He made you you for a reason. He gave you the qualities that you have 
for a reason. We spend so much of our time trying to look on the other side of, uh, of the fence because you know what they say, the grass is always greener on the other side. That's, that's only true because we've spent so much of our time looking on the other side that we fail to maintain and water our own grass. And so it's becoming less and less green, not because it's incapable of being green, but because we fail to maintain it. We fail to uh, put energy in what we have. And that's that's what happens all the time. And and, and so Mary, you know, her doubts that we read about in in Luke, I think that they echo those of 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 Moses a couple thousand years before where he's asking himself, am I really the, the right person for this job? God, are you sure you want me? Are you sure um, I, I'm, I'm not the wrong person? Are, are you sure that there's not someone better? And we do that all the time. We discredit ourselves because we're looking at the other side of the fence. We're looking at someone else who we deem as more capable than we are. But God chose you. God chose you. And, and, and as a mom, God chose you to be the mother of your children. Like, I, I, I need to speak that into somebody's life. Babe, you are... You were chosen to be the mother of our two girls. You were chosen to be my, my wife, and you do a stellar job at it. Um, but we need to realize that and, and stop compare, comparing ourselves to other people, wishing we had what other people had, because God made you perfectly the way that you are. That's so true, and, and I'm so glad that you brought up Mary's doubt, um, because another thing that I love about Mary is that even though she had doubt or she hesitated, she still went on and continued in obedience. And I think that's what separates a lot of us from Mary. Um, Well, hopefully it doesn't. It may separate me from time. You know, we let fear come in and then we stop and we freeze and we don't continue. We just say, God, no, we can't do that. We are not, we're, we're incapable of doing that. But Mary, even though she hesitated, even though she had doubt, she still continued in obedience. Um, so I guess we can call that point two, um, that Mary models obedience, even, even though she was human, she was still obedient. And in Luke chapter one, verse 38, Mary responds to the angel saying, I am the Lord's servant. May your word to me be fulfilled. So obedience is not just saying yes to the exciting opportunities that come. Mm. Um, obedience is even when, when you have to do something, even when it's foregoing your own plans. That's good. That's good. That makes me think about that makes me think about Layla. The other day, I, I took a break from from work and went downstairs, and I said, "Okay, Layla, do you want to go outside for a little bit? We can go. We can go play." And whenever it's something that she wants to do, she gets in the super obedient mode, right? So I'll say, "Okay, put on your shoes," and she says, "Yes, sir, Daddy." She gets super polite, right? Super loving. She gives me a hug. She's like, "Yes, sir, whatever you want, Daddy." And, and, and she'll go upstairs and she'll bring her shoes down. She'll put them on. But if it's something that she doesn't want to do, like if it's, okay, Layla, we have to go to school. Put your shoes on. It's like, I don't know how to put my shoes on. <laughs> like she'll, she'll drag her feet. And, and, and we do that a lot with God. You said, you said uh, obedience is not just saying to the exciting things. It's saying yes to the exciting things. That's, that's so true because a lot of times we, we think we're being obedient by saying yes to the things that we already planned on doing. And we call that obedience. And, and it, it, it's not because uh, a lot of times our will will not align with God's will. And when we say yes to God's will, even though our will is telling us to do something else, to go into a different direction, that's, that's obedience. When we can forego, like you said, forego our own plans, our own will, and we can do what God uh, wants us to do in spite of us not wanting to do it. We're, man, we're always trying to find 
I don't know if this is just me, but we're always trying to find peace about something. Like if I could just find peace about this, I'm so I'm unsure right now, but if I just find peace, then obviously is God. And, and I, I was thinking to myself, like, do you think that Moses felt peace when God told him to go save an entire nation out of an oppressive nation? Do you think he felt peace about that? No, he didn't. And a lot of times you're not going to feel peace about what God is, is calling you to do. The dude was on anxiety overload, right? A, a, a lot of times peace is not going to come when obedience is required. And I'll tell you why. It's because our will creates friction with God's will. That's cognitive dissonance. That doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel peaceful. And I think knowing that, knowing that there's not always going to be peace before there's obedience, I think that's very, very vital to understand, to living in a life that is in constant obedience, where we can, we can obey even when it feels discomforting. Yeah, that, I think that's such a good point. And if I can be real... Be real, girl. <laughs> A lot of times I'll look at, I'll, I'll feel pressure and this is pressure, you know, that I'm putting on my, myself. No one has said anything to me. You know, the mind is a crazy place. Like, um, pastor Ryan said earlier, um, but I'll look at other pastors, wives and I'll see them, you know, in full-time ministry with their husband. And I'm thinking, Lord, surely you want that for me too. You know, I'm going to quit my job. That's surely that's what you want. Right. Um, any, any excuse to quit the job, right? Calm down, um, calm down. <laughs> <laughs> but, and you know, I'd be lying if I didn't try to make peace about it, you know, and tell myself and even tell Ryan sometimes, you know, man, if I quit my job, I'd be the best stay at home mom ever. You know, I'd cook every day, you know, I, I'd keep the house clean. I'd even homeschool Layla. Like I'm going to be so awesome at it. Well, guys, coronavirus definitely determined that was a lie, but, <laughs> but, um, I'm, if I'm truly honest with myself, you know, I can, I can, I can tell, you know, I, I know that God didn't tell me to quit my job, at least for now. You know, God has not, he doesn't have that for me right now. And if I think about it, honestly, he's given me great favor in my, in my job right now. And I'm just, you know, going to trust in him. You know, when the time is right, I'm, he'll put something else. We've, we've, we've forced peace into our lives before. Yeah. You know, just, just, as, just as a couple, as parents. Um. <laughs> I remember when we first bought the Altima. So we're on the topic of Altimas. We were in the dealer. The first time buying a car together. We, we were, were newlyweds. We were newlyweds. I was like 23. You were 24 because she's older. Barely. Uh, <laughs> and, and, and we were basically like, okay, what are the payments going to be? We need to know what the payments are going to be. And uh, the, guy, the guy told us. And we did some... Really fast math. Really fast math. Right? Okay, well, these are our bills. We, we probably counted for like three major bills and we, uh, we forgot about all the other ones. The other living expenses. Right. And it, honestly, it was me. I'm, I'm more of the spender than, than, than she is. Uh, but I was like, babe, this is easy. We can, we can do this. We can do this. And she was like, are you sure? I'm like, yeah, babe, I'm wise. I'm wise with my money. And, and, and we, I forced peace into that situation. About two months later, when the first bill came, <laughs> we drove back to the dealer to try, try to return the car. We really did. True story. And, and they didn't take it back because we were already upside down. All right. But, but like that, that's what happens a lot of times. We convince ourselves, oh, this is a blessing. We, we sure did call it a blessing day one. We brought it home. It wasn't a blessing. It was a burden. And, 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 and we, we do that because 
Again, we try to force peace into our lives, and it's not God putting that peace. I want to clarify on that, on that peace point. Um, God is obviously the God of peace, but he's the one who instills it, not us. And a lot of times, again, we, we try to make peace work where peace isn't there. And so uh, I'm not telling you to discredit peace or discount peace. Just make sure that uh, that, that peace is God-produced and not not you produced. Amen. Um, so that brings us to our final point. Mary had mom vision. Mm, disclaimer. Uh, I, I came up with that, that title, mom vision. Mom was like, that, um, Melissa was like, that's so cheesy. She didn't want to put it in there. She laughed at me and uh, <laughs> made me think like, do you, do you like my sermon titles? I, I, I put a lot of thought into them. I'm like, man, this is good. Um, but as you were telling me this point of why you appreciate Mary. I thought it pretty accurately depicted what we were, what, what the point that you were trying to make. So hence mom vision. I guess it did. Um, so for those of you wondering what kind of superpower mom vision is, um, mom vision is what Mary had when she said yes to God's plan. Um, what others may have seen as a burden, Mary saw as a blessing, a blessing that would fulfill the will of God. Um, and as you all know, we just had baby number two, um, and as all of you mothers know that uh, having a newborn is really hard work. You're walking around half the day, well, all of the day with your baby spit up on you. You know, you're looking like a hot mess most of the days. Um, you get very little sleep. Um, but what can seem like a burden to others is only temporary. Uh, because when you look at your little one, you know that God has created them for great things. Um, and it's our task to help them realize their God-given potential. Yeah. And, and I don't, I don't want to mooch off of this point, but I think dads also have a little bit of dad vision, right? Right, dads? <laughs> I, I, we, we do, but I think it's, it's just, it's approached differently. Um, so, like, I, I think as godly parents, we all want to make sure that our, our kids are, you know, going into the right direction. But the approach is different, uh, different I think. I can't speak for everybody, but um, my mom, just growing up, she was the... She was the nurturer, right? I mean, she just, she loved and she loved hard. She still does. And, you know, she, again, she was always my biggest cheerleader. She was oftentimes the only one that I would feel encouragement from. Um, and that's, that's really, that's really good for, for young kids because that, uh, that gives them the, that gave me the confidence of, of stepping into what I believe God was calling me to do. And I see that difference in us with Layla as well. And she might be watching. I hope she doesn't, she's going to take offense. But like sometimes, sometimes you see, you know, Layla comes to you with like a piece of artwork and you're like, good job, baby. And you're just praising her. And I'm thinking to myself, really? That's good. Like (laughs) drawing all out of the lines, drawing pink trees. Right. Um, my mom did the same thing to me though. She would encourage me. She, she would blast my, my music that I would record. So when I was in high school, uh, my parents bought me a, 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 a MacBook so that I could start recording my, my own music. I was already starting to write songs and I was picking up some instruments and, and, you know, so they wanted to pour into my life. So I bought some equipment, um, so that I could start recording and I was going to write songs and I was going to put on garage band that I was going to put on, on CDs, kids, CDs are these discs with, with music on them. And, uh, and so I, I did that, but they were so bad there. Like the music was so bad and, and we still have some of those CDs and it I'm, I'm, I'm a, very bad. <laughs> I'm a, 
I'm ashamed every time I hear them, like it's cringeworthy. But my mom would blast them to all of her coworkers, all of her friends, all of our family members so that they all knew that her baby was going places. And my dad just kept it real. He was like, mijo, you're off key. You need to tune that guitar. Mijo, I don't like, no, I don't, I, I, he would just, he would tell me what, what, what he, uh, what he thought. And, and, and I, I think that's, that's the difference, right? Dads still do it, but perhaps in a more, you know, harsh, a little bit less sensitive way. But I think growing up, kids really need that, that sensitivity, that, that little push of encouragement, you know, because that, uh, again, that creates, that creates a healthy sense of identity as they grow up. And so I think that's why God, you know, gave us mothers. Um, and I, I don't doubt, I don't doubt that Joseph could have done a great job without Mary in the picture. I'm sure he, he would have been all right. Um, but, but Mary, just being a, an obedient, righteous woman, she really helped Jesus become or step into his ministry later in life. Why? Because, again, that mom vision. She, she saw him as the son of God past the crying, past the long nights, past the dirty diapers or whatever he wore, you know, past all of the struggles. And, 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 and she was able to realize that he is so much more. His future is so much brighter than, than perhaps what he's living in now. And, and that, that ability to see that when no one else does, man, I praise moms for that. Keep doing that. Keep doing that. I mean, day and night. I mean, that's, that's one of the reasons that we celebrate moms. I'm, we're, about to, we're about to close. But I, uh, as a preacher, I told Melissa, man, Mother's Days are always hard for me. Like, I, I just don't, I never know what to preach on Mother's Day. Because as a preacher, I feel like my job is to encourage, you know, convict, you know, bring the gospel message. But I'm not a mom, so I don't know maybe how to do that in the best possible way. But just from this conversation, there's three things that I want you to take away this morning. Number one, be human. You were created as a human. You weren't created to be anything else. God knows that you're not perfect. God knows that you're going to make mistakes. You are going to yell at your kids in frustration. You are going to lose your patience with your kids when they're being, you know, bratty. You might, you might say something to your husband that you didn't mean uh, in anger, or, or perhaps you did mean it, right? I don't know. Uh, but we know that your job is difficult. That's okay. Be human. Number two, be obedient. Moms have a, a special job that, again, is not always easily understood, but God called you to do it. You. No one else. Even when you don't want to do it, even when your child, again, is being the biggest prat that you've ever seen, uh, you're, and you're thinking, God, why be obedient? Be obedient. Even when it's painful, do it. God shows favor to all those that are obedient. And finally, number three, have mom vision. I'm so proud of mom vision. <laughs> mothers, again, mothers see the calling over their kids' lives usually before anyone else does. Even sometimes before dads. I'm, I'm also reminded of Hannah, how, how Hannah before, um, while Samuel was still an infant, she, she blessed him to the Lord. She gave him to the Lord and she made sure that, that he would follow the, um, the, the plan that God had over his life. That, that is what your, that's what your job is. You see the, the, the greatness in your children. So continue to do what you do. Continue to encourage them when no one else does. Uh, continue to speak life 
into them when no one else will. Uh, Show them their path when they can't find it or don't know that they have one. I think that this pretty much sums up why I chose Mary. Um, And I just want to say to all of you mothers, I know that being a mom can be hard. And that said, I only have a four-year-old and a two-month-old. And I don't even want to think about what it's going to be like when they're teenagers. Um, But I want to encourage you moms, though, the hard times may come and you're going to want to rip your hair out, um, that God chose you to be the mother of your children. He didn't choose your sister. He didn't choose your mom. He didn't choose, you know, the mom blogger that you follow. He chose you. And if he called you to it, he's going to equip you for it. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I want to say a prayer this morning over, over every mom. And in just a second, we're going to have the worship team just sing that song, uh, Take Courage, one more time, uh, and, then, and then we'll be out of here. But um, I just want to pray over you. And if you're there in your living room, I'm going to ask you to stand up. I'm going to ask you to stand. And, and if your wife is in the room or your mom is in the room, I want you to grab them. I want you to grab their hand and just, just pray this over them. Just begin to pray over them. Just begin to make sure that they feel the love. Perhaps you guys are are, are great children. You're great husbands. We got some awesome men of God in our church. And and, and I'm sure that you show them love every day. But but make sure that right now you you let them know that, hey, I want to be there for you. I want to understand you better. I want to encourage you. I want to I want to I want to make sure that you are pursuing your God-given calling. Pray over them right now. Pray over your mom, pray over your wife. Heavenly Father, we thank you right now, Jesus. I thank you, my God, for for every woman, Father, that has stepped into this beautiful role, gift of motherhood, Lord. My God, we know that sometimes it isn't easy, Father. We know that it is a lot of work, my God, and it is a work that never stops. But I pray, Father God, that you equip them this morning, my God. You give them what they lack, my God, whether it be patience with their children, patience with their with their husbands, my God. I pray that you instill patience, Lord. I pray that you be the one to instill peace, my God. When you are calling them into obedience, you do it, Father God. I pray, my God, that you give them strength to continue, my God, this this never-ending, lifelong task of motherhood, my God, in Jesus' name. And I pray that your Holy Spirit will lead them to lead their children. I pray, Father God, that they may step up in their home, my God, when, when the man won't, Lord, or when the man isn't there. In Jesus' name, let them be led by you, Holy Spirit. They are your creation. And you love them, my God, with an unconditional love. And I just want to encourage someone this morning. I don't know if you're a single mom. I don't know if you're a mom who's got everyone in the home, your husband, your kids. I want to encourage you this morning. I know it's got to be hard sometimes. But God is with you. God is your strength. God has been your strength at your workplace. He has been your strength in your relationships. He has been your strength in your calling. He will be your strength in your motherhood. Lean on him. In Jesus' name we pray. We thank you, my God. Let's sing that last song. 
Thanks for listening. If you'd like some more information on Numa Church, visit us on our website at mynumachurch.org. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can subscribe or share it with your friends on social media and tag us at mynumachurch. Thanks again and God bless.